0: Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy.
1: Magic is power. Ping pong Falls,
0: everyone welcome to another episode of leaving a legacy my name is Patrick I'm your legacy newbie with me this week as always the toasty Jerry me what's up Jerry
1: uh, not much i I am toasty my little <laughs> hobbit hole my little my my nook
0: <laughs> smoking that that pipe weed right <laughs> old Toby <laughs> Oh, uh, so we are still doing the bulk for charity drive for the Children's Organ Transplant Association for Wesley. Uh, we are winding that down. We have the bajuca Bog. Are we pulling that tonight or is
1: that next week? I can't. Uh, We're pulling that Friday. So when Friday. people listen to this, well, there's no pull. It's whoever the highest. Moves. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> we'll
0: post it on the Facebook page. I
1: randomly choose someone who messaged me.
0: <laughs> uh, so we'll pull that on the Facebook page. Keep an eye out for that. That's really awesome. And then we have what one more card to, to raffle off.
1: We have a scrub land sick yeah sick. so we will be raffling off a scrubland um pretty sweet uh, Danny Cahill, I believe uh donated yeah. this to us I hope that's correct if that is wrong <laughs>
0: I am no no I'm pretty sure i pretty sure I'm it was pretty Danny's sure it's Danny been. too
1: but it's been a while yeah, so the, I forget
0: <laughs> he's a man he's a great guy he actually is one of the uh the reason why there's a community legacy league uh yes. he's he's been the driving force behind that so shout out to him we actually recorded a segment with him to promote the Community Legacy League that I've had edited and just haven't dropped into an episode yet. So this week, we'll, we'll drop that in uh, right here. Hey, guys, what's going on? I am sitting down here with Danny from the Community Legacy League. Uh, Danny, what's going on, man? I heard you guys are reviving the CLL.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my work schedule opened up. Um, so we have more time to do that uh luckily stash has been keeping it running for me so the events have never stopped uh it's just been um no social medias no real <laughs> advertising for it so attendance has it has its core players but it's um we definitely want to get that up
0: yeah that's awesome so I, this is something that we had done uh quite a while ago I, we actually even had a short-lived podcast about the cll that we were yeah. releasing bi-weekly which was really fun to do um I know we had Tom uh, Tom Hep on there, who's been on Leaving Legacy a bunch of times, and he's obviously great, and you're great. So can you tell me a little bit about the CLL for people who may not know about it or have never heard about it?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, So the CLL uh, stands for Community Legacy League. It is a free-to-play MTGO uh, Legacy Tournament uh, sponsored by Card Hoarder. Uh, The events are held on a website called Gatherling.com. So basically that's where you register your deck list. That's where pairings are posted. Uh, and then you meet with your opponent in the Getting Serious room on MTGO, and you play out the match and you report your results to um, Gathering. Um, once the results have been reported, at the end we get a list of you know one through the top eight, and uh, the t- top four for this event gets um, six bot credits each for Card Hoarder.
0: Yeah, which is which is awesome. Like it's super. First of all, shout out to Card Hoarder because they help support the uh, the hipster streams that we do and that Aaron does uh, for Hipsters of the Coast. They are fantastic. Uh, I buy even now. I buy my cards from from Card Hoarder mainly. Oh, yeah. Like mainly just. I mean, their prices are good for sure. But like mainly because they support things like the CLL. Like they're so community focused. and I love that about them.
2: Yeah, you know, I when I first approached them ab- about it, they had no hesitancy on jumping in on this. They were, uh, Nathaniel was amazing. He, you know, when I asked, because initially we were just a weekly tournament series and you got uh, six bot credits go to the top four and we gave out one bot credit as a random door prize. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right before I had stepped down from running the events, we had upped it to where it was going to be a full tournament series where 1.5 K bot credits are going to give out throughout the year. Mm -hmm. We're going to have quarterly events with a final end of the year championship um, and all that and he just he went right with it and just he he was amazing
0: that's awesome yeah that's great um i i've definitely i think the first time i really got a chance to step into playing on magic online was through the cll and i even streamed usually when i did the league which was really fun too um so generally how many rounds is it is a round robin style and and just cut to top eight or cut to top four
2: yeah, so uh, for the weekly events, there's no cut. It's just if there's between eight and twelve players, we play three rounds, and if it's uh, twelve or more players, we play four rounds. Cool. Uh, so it's it, it very it's very uh, similar to like the F and M style. Yeah. Um, so once the rounds are complete, top four get you know get their prizes typically within a week, um, and we send out a, a message in the Discord channel whenever the prizes have been added to uh, your accounts to make sure that they're added properly. Nice.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and it, it is very much. I know you mentioned it, but it is very much like an FNM style tournament because mm-hmm. people are on gathering. They get a chance to talk to other people. Do you guys have a Discord chat as well?
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I w- first off, I want to have a huge shout out to um, James Hathcock. He's a friend of mine locally. Um, he spent a a lot of time last week revamping the the Discord channel. So he added bots into the Discord channel, he added um, segments for casual players, competitive players, and a whole section just for the event itself. We now have um, five uh, voice chat game rooms for your opponent, so you and your opponent can meet in the Discord channel and talk just like you would at the LGS. So what we're really trying to do is bring the lgs feel to mtgo yeah
0: that's awesome that's awesome uh it definitely had that feel when we played in it um there was always a nice nice rapport going with all the players and it was super fun so i think if people uh you know have free time on wednesdays uh, when is this fire exactly
2: um so we did change the time it used to be eight thirty p.m now it's wednesdays at 8 p.m
0: gotcha and uh and
2: then it you know it just finishes whenever everyone's done their done their game
0: yeah that's great what's the metal like just out of curiosity
2: um, so most recently, uh, with the Bannings, and this is actually why it's I, you know I was very excited to get back in mm-hmm. into this. Legacy seems to has have been revived. I think the first event um, after the Bannings we had we saw some. I think there's like two Reanimator players. There's uh, two Miracles players. Um, there was an Infect player. Um, this a bunch of uh, random decks. There was a Manalist Dredge player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the meta the meta is interesting because it. People don't feel the pressure to go five zero in a league, sure. so they bring the deck that they love the most. Yeah. So, you're like, we see a lot of players who have their one deck on M- on a- MTGO, and that's what they play a- every single week. And they they change their sideboards for the expected meta, and it just it it, it has a nice feel to it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that about the about the uh about the event. And uh, like I said, it was always really fun to play and I think uh if I have some free time on Wednesdays, I would definitely jump in one or two um just to say hi to the guys and see how the crew's doing over there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um and you know, we also we opened up the Discord channel to not just people who play in in, in the league. Mm-hmm. We opened it up um to what we're trying to do is if you're looking for any type of game on MTGO, where you want it to be like you want a playtest partner for legacy or pauper or modern or commander and anything uh we what we want to do is make the discord a place where you go in say hey i'm looking for a game looking for a commander pod whatever um people will respond you meet on mtgo play you know play your games and have fun so um what we're trying to do is really bring like a like a community feel to mtgo because mtgo sometimes feels kind of distant
0: very much so yeah there's not a lot of chat going on in there even then you don't really put a face to the name so it's nice to be able to right. know the people you're playing with right yeah that's awesome man well uh we will definitely leave the uh link for the discord in the show notes tonight and also oh, we'll, we'll we'll have the uh, uh the gathering website if you want to shoot that my way and is there anything oh, else, sure. anything else you want to tell the listeners uh before we get out of here
2: um. Yeah, you can find uh, the the uh, Legacy League on Twitter at MTG Legacy League. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com forward slash Community Legacy League. And uh, I'll be posting as um, I'll be posting on on Reddit more frequently when I, about when the events are are going to be happening. So hopefully we can get the word out and get and get people um in yeah and if you do have any questions uh feel free to message uh any one of those sites or the discord channel and we'll be more than happy to answer anything for you and get you all set up
0: awesome well danny thanks so much for coming on and uh spreading the good the good word man
2: (laughs) yeah uh thank you so much uh for having me pat really 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 appreciate it yeah you
0: got it man Uh, all right so we're gonna get back to the episode and uh, we'll catch you guys next time so welcome back all right well we are going to get into five colored humans today. We have a special guest on the show, Eddie Zamora. What's going on, Eddie? How you doing?
3: Hey, Pat. How's it going? Hey, Jerry, Jeremy. Hey. We're, we're doing. God, I
1: thought, thought you guys were forgetting me. No, no, no.
3: We're doing great. <laughs> it's usually you. my job. Yeah, usually. Yeah, I'm sorry. Job.
1: Usually Jerry does introduce the guests.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, uh, we... guys? Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. We know you're fighting a bit of a head cold, so we appreciate you uh, powering through it to be with us this week.
3: Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, I, as long as I don't sound too stuffy, I think I'm okay. No,
0: no you sound great, man. Um, we actually You were requested by a few listeners, so I'm really glad to have you on. Um, a lot of people are excited about this this five-color humans deck that you've really kind of been the driving force behind. Is that correct?
3: Uh, yeah, more or less, with the help of uh, a few guys. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to say I'm the sole power behind it, but um, I've definitely been the one who's been told it's a bad deck the longest. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a good way to put it. I didn't invent the deck. I've just been told to stop it for
2: the longest time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, can you tell us before we get into the deck uh uh in, in in uh in earnest, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, kinda where you're from, your background with magic, and uh, when you started playing, all that stuff. All that fun kind of biographical stuff that people are interested in.
3: Uh yeah. Uh I'm from Orange County, California, the the beautiful suburbs of Los Angeles. And uh, I started playing Magic in at M13, roughly. Uh, I think Return to Ravnica was my first standard set. Um, played played standard and got into modern about a year into playing Magic. Um, somebody just sold me a fully built Affinity deck for a really good price, and um, was pretty into modern for a long time until uh bunch of friends started badgering me to build Legacy, which I refused to for so long because it's such an expensive format. But uh, I built Elves as my first Legacy deck, um, which was just the easiest deck, right? You just turn things sideways and win, obviously. <laughs> um, and uh, with that deck, I won a 40 duels event. I didn't win, I top Um Split the top eight at first seed, which was good enough to get me... A Volcanic, a Trop, and a couple Bayou's, which was enough leverage for me to eventually buy Wait, Brainstorm what, what decks.
1: Place? <laughs> what place did you come in?
3: Uh, <laughs> I I split the top four with the fifth seed, and uh, okay. I was first seed, so I got the best picks, basically.
1: Gotcha. So uh, that's a, that's still a pretty sweet Duel Land tournament, uh, coming, walking away with four Duel Lands
3: pretty awesome um i never ex- it was my first big legacy event big in quotes um so i was excited to come out with anything
1: nice always always a good motivation to uh stay with the format when you just like crush your first event
3: <laughs> yeah it was kind of funny cuz i was playing with uh, i was hanging out with guys who have been playing legacy for a long time and it, it was cool to kind of be able to show them that you know not only is elves okay, but I'm also not garbage as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Take that!
0: All right, and so uh, so let's talk a little bit about the the humans deck. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of like the uh, the development of the deck?
3: Yeah, so the deck started off. Um, it actually go- way, it goes way back to uh, when modern humans first came around, which was played by uh, Collins Mullen. an scg event um modern scg event Mm -hmm. and a week after was a legacy scg event where he played legacy humans and i don't think he had that great of a success with it but after that the deck kind of fell off the map and i hadn't really heard of it or anything but this was now probably a couple months before the death right shaman ban i was just super bored with the format uh the whole format was figured out, and I just wanted to try something new. So I went back and caught those videos, and started scouring the internet for humans. I thought the deck was sweet and modern, so I thought, well, why can't it work in Legacy, right? And eventually, I find the videos. I find a couple random deck lists of people who had a five-ode months before, and just pieces, and put something together, and it was just like, okay, we're doing this and went played some events and i really liked it Played on mtgo and eventually just gradually started changing the deck as i saw fit with the help of a lot of people mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of where it started it was boredom i guess
0: <laughs> and uh can you tell me sort of like um your earliest outings with the decks or you know kind of what form because you so- you said you sort of have like two kind of uh uh, strains that this deck comes in right you have like a five color build and a maverick build so can you tell us one of the reasons why there was a split there like why development went one way and then another way
3: yeah so the maverick build was something that i kind of built very recently and i kind of built it out of frustration of the five color build Mm -hmm. um the five color build is very powerful and very strong against combo decks as well as um, super super control-y decks, like Miracles or Grixis Control. But it has a hard time against a lot of the creature mirrors. It had a hard time against stuff like Maverick, um, Four-Color Loam, stuff like that. And I thought there needed to be kind of a better approach to to have a higher chance against those matchups. And... The first thing that came to mind was playing Swords to Plowshares. Um, of course, it's almost impossible to play Swords to Plowshares in the five-color version because our mana base just can't support it. We're running Cavern of Souls, Unclaimed Territories, um, Ancient Ziggurat, a lot of a lot of lands that don't cast white spells, mm-hmm. and so I kind of just put together this hodgepodge of Abzan-colored cards that contained lands that could cast actual spells and that's kind of what came of it and i added swords to plowshares and i just wanted to be able to kill creatures basically Mm -hmm. i was already having a good enough time against all the combo decks but when the format had turned into a very fair creature based um format with dnt and eldrazi i wanted a better way to attack it
1: and yeah, looking at your Maverick build, it does uh, seem to have kind of that very hate berry approach. Um, I for me, mm. when I first saw it, uh, Champion of the Parish was always a card that just screened build around me. So when I first saw it, I kind of started putting together a human's deck, but it was very much like token centered, like putting uh, a bunch of human tokens into play and then using like Mayor of Averbrook. Uh, to pump it up, but it's, it looks like you m- went for much more traditional uh, kind of prison, more permanent based, uh, which I definitely way better. The deck I put together was garbage, I realized, <laughs> but <laughs> um, it, it is important in a deck as powerful as Legacy that you have to have those kind of, you know, tried and true prison pieces. If you're going to play a deck like this, like playing a deck without like Thalia almost seems unthinkable for this style.
3: Yeah, and Champion of Parish is an insane magic card. I mean, it it's so good in our deck that it starts off as a 1-1 and then turns into Delver and then turns into Grimag Angler and then, you know, turns into Emmercool eventually. It just, gets, just right. gets bigger and bigger. And uh, it's funny because the first iterations of the list, I wasn't playing Champions of the Parish. I just thought this was like a prison control creature deck. Um, and then I asked my buddy Jarvis U to, to stream the deck. I donated for him to stream it, and he played it and was just like, okay, this deck's fine, but let's GM champions into it. Mm-hmm. And we never looked back from that <laughs> point.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: I am so happy, because I, I still have my place at a champion. That, that card came out, I'm like, man, I want this card to be so good, and I just could never, <laughs> never do it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that champion is a big part of the list. What other deck is that card in? This one? This one and this the one. modern version of this
3: one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: This one, modern version of this one, and Innistrad Limited. Those are the it decks. Just seems, ch- <laughs> okay, it seems like a,
0: it just seems like they're, they're a pricey card for being a rare from Innistrad, but...
1: Eh, Anishtrod uh, is a uh, highly sought after set, but yeah, let's leave. It, I I don't think all of our listeners. I feel this is going to be a big reader episode because there are some <laughs> yeah. uh, spicy cards here. Yeah, you want me to go down the list real quick, Jerry? Uh, well, real quick, I just want to for our listeners. Champion of the Parish is one white for a one one. Whenever a human enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Champion of the Parish. Whenever another human, <laughs> another right? human. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, it doesn't come into play as a two two. Right, but I, that would be sick yeah, Can we get that? <laughs> come on, <laughs> really come good. on, Watsy, Give me one of those.
0: <laughs> There is a one-mana tutu that you guys can get. You guys are forgetting about the uh, the illustrious uh, 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 goblin guide.
1: Yeah, but it's not. He, uh, see, in the title of the card, <laughs> pack, there uh, there's the word goblin. And goblins... <laughs> if they gave us a, they tend they gave not, us a human guide. <laughs>
3: <they that'd> be... <laughs> oh, man.
1: He, yeah, human guide. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: so we have four champion of the parish. Uh, do you want to go through the list? Or yeah, you want no, to run that? through it, Pat. Yeah. All right, so real quick, uh, four Mother of Runes, four Noble Hierarch, two Dark Confidant, four Kite Seal Freebooter. The, uh, what is that? <laughs> the uh, You know, the, the integral part of the pirate stompy list that uh, was so <laughs> so dominating Legacy not too long ago. Kite Seal Freebooter is one in a black for a human pirate creature. We, we care it's about a,
1: humans this time around. <laughs> right.
0: It's a one-two flyer. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-creature, non-land card from it exile that card until kitesail freebooter leaves what? the battlefield
1: let's talk about that for a while because yeah that's interesting that reminds me back in the uh kind of old, old days uh people playing the like white green black lists um it would uh tide hollow scholar was a card that kind of filled that place which is a uh, one in a uh, white in a black for a two two that's a uh, artifact creature so like this this is I feel is an effect that we see from time to time but it doesn't see much play but when I see it get used it feels like it's just so backbreaking.
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean the card is incredible. It's one of my favorite cards in the deck and it just makes um matchups that I think normally would be unwinnable, G- winnable, I guess. Um it it I mean against the obvious combo decks it's just great cuz it can take the combo pieces but where it really shines is in stoneblade matchups where otherwise they could just resolve a Tay and beat us down it lets us actually grab their tay after they find it with the stoneforge hmm. mystic and just th- that yep. plus mother of runes now now that Tay is gone forever it's the kind of one less uh thing we have to worry about
0: it's it's also something that's kind of cool um it, it, against like a combo deck so, you know it's a, a deck that might not have a lot of removal for this card to begin with, so you're able to like uh, essentially duress your uh your storm opponent or duress your show and tell opponent uh, It's kind of a neat little interaction you have there too where they don't have a lot of ways to to remove kite seal freebooter on their yeah. own anyway, so it's kind of like a free duress on the, on a one two flyer
1: yeah, which I think I think people always forget it's a flyer
3: yeah, flying right? is really important yeah. it often is our reach. Especially with noble hierarchs, lets us get in those last bits of chip damage that we need um, over mm-hmm. their blockers. And it's just our one two punch. Like Storm used to have Cabal Therapy, or sorry, Getaxian Probe into Cabal Ther- Therapy. We have Kite Freebooter into Mendling Mage.
1: That plays nicely into, which I actually really like, Thalia's Lieutenant, because you can buff that Kite Seal if you need to chip in those extra points of damage.
0: Right, yeah. Thalia's Lieutenant, which is one in a white. For a one-one human soldier when it enters the battlefield, you put a plus one plus one counter on each other human you control. And whenever another human enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Thal's Lieutenant Eddie. Did you play in the Community Legacy League? I didn't. Did you ever play game? You didn't? Okay, because I, I remember losing to a champ. Now that I'm <laughs> having like, these weird flashbacks of losing to Thalia <laughs> and Champion of the Parish and Legacy. PTSD and, uh, humans. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was just a humans deck. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, also running four copies of Thalia, Guardian of Thraben, uh, which is a, de- a Death and Taxes staple. Uh, three night of the Reliquary, one of Jerry's favorite cards. One Orzoff Pontiff. And I'm going to read this one because it's not one... It's one that I've seen out of uh, Battle of Wits. (laughs) Like a long, long time ago. Uh, So it's one white black for a 1-1 creature human cleric. It has haunt. So when it's put in the graveyard from play, remove it from the game, haunting target creature. And when it comes into play or creature it haunts is put into... When it comes into play or the creature it haunts (laughs) is put into a graveyard, choose one. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Or creatures you don't control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. So kind of a cool, like, pump or board wipe.
1: It's like a zealous persecution on a creature that can recur. I I feel haunt is one of those keywords that people are like, oh, yeah, what the hell does that do again? Yeah.
0: (laughs) It it is unusual. It kind of just has... It just you get to use it twice, essentially, right? You get to use that that interaction twice. Yeah. S- yeah.
1: So Eddie, with this the deck, so s- differently from Maverick, which is the Green Sun Zenith package, there isn't really any way to like tutor up your cards. So when you run a silver bullet of something, you know y- you're not always seeing it. What what kind of prompted you to run the silver bullet pont Pontet?
3: Well, we run two Recruiter of the Guards. I was gonna say it's probably the next. Oh, group.
1: I, I was going to say it's probably the next wow. on the list. I should look at the next line. Jerry, item. <laughs> Jerry was. I thought Jerry.
0: I thought that was probably the slickest. I just hope to uh, get really lucky with the uh, time. segue. You've had, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nope. I was. I was. Yeah. Sorry, Eddie. I, I set you up to look real smart, and I just blew it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're running two copies of, recru- of Recruiter of the Guard. Uh, can you tell us, like, sort of the the that card's role in this? In this? Yeah. Deck?
3: I mean, that card uh, often just gets us what we need to win the game. Um, a lot of the times it's just Thalia's Lieutenants 5 and 6. We can just mm-hmm. go find it, vile it in, then cast the Thalia's Lieutenant, make our board huge, and swing in. But um, especially mm-hmm. post board, it just lets us grab whatever we need for that situation. Um, main board, our only real silver bullet uh, for the Abzan list in particular is Orzov Pontiff, which mm-hmm. is super important on its own. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't really be able to deal with true name nemesis
1: oh that's the main reason yeah i can totally see that that makes so (laughs) a lot of sense yeah that
3: and baleful strix because baleful strix is just Mm -hmm. a wall to us a lot of the time um but also being able to find knight of the reliquary um is really useful because it's always a 2-2 until you put it into play and then it's a 6-6 um right a (laughs) 6-6 that wastelands our opponents to death or what have you
1: Oh yeah, that is that's slick. I hadn't thought of that interaction before. That or the guard can just always, you know, like tutor up a knight.
3: Yeah, and like I said, post board we have stuff like Palace Jailer, um, Sanctum Prelates, uh, Fairy Macabre, which is a good one to grab against Reanimator and the likes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just it's kind of our extra copies of everything, but also pumps our champions and our Thalia's lieutenants at the same time.
1: Uh,
0: also running three copies of swords to plowshares and four
3: aether vials.
1: Hold on, only only three swords, so is that um, kind of exceeding a spot to orsoff pontiff?
3: Yeah, yeah. it was kind of a... Uh, I didn't want to cut the pontiff from the main and didn't really want to cut anything else. Um, usually <laughs> we only need one swords. If we can swords one valuable target, then we can run the over. Um, and in a format with miracles, I don't want to be drawing a lot of swords with this deck anyway, so I'm okay with it, and we have the fourth in the sideboard, which we'll go over.
1: Right, and also, um, swords is the only kind of card that gets affected by your own Thalia's. As long as you don't have swords of plowshares in your hands, you just, <laughs> Thalia's just completely one-sided for right. you um so that's very similar to kind of the death and taxes and maverick uh styles of play with the aether vials that you just kind of lean on um are you still like are, is the deck like trying to cast like two things a turn like are you trying to cast a creature and then also violin a creature each turn or are you using your mana base it doesn't look like you have like a port package that you would use to kind of as a mana sink in the mid game
3: no yeah this is different than dnt and maverick in the sense that it it just wants to play out everything and go wide as fast as possible. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what Aether Vial lets us do, is it lets us get around opposing wasteland effects and kind of ignore them, but also being able to play our smaller creatures. Um, I played a mirror against Maverick, and I I won because I I was still able to cast things with one or two mana and Aether Vial, while we were wastelanding each other and he couldn't do anything it kind of just felt like i I was the leaner version of the mirror match
1: yeah i can totally see that know what this actually really reminds me of is uh like zoo decks from like 2013 2012 like just like vomit your hand onto the board and roll your opponent over before they know what they're what's happening
3: yeah it's it's super cool in that way and That's what the Dark Confidant and the Recruiter, the Guard, are for kind of card advantage because we don't really have card advantage. We're not playing any cantrips or anything. So once we spew out our hand, we kind of need a way to gas back up.
1: Right. And it's really showing me just how important Thalia's Lieutenant is to that plan, because unlike Death and Taxes or even Maverick, you're not running an equipment package. So it's not like you can throw a sword of fire and ice on Recruiter of the Guard and have it be relevant again. But with Thalia's lieutenants, you get to make the Recruiter of the Guard relevant while also making the rest of your board you know, that much more relevant at the same time. Yeah,
3: yeah. Thalia's Lieutenant is is the reason to play these decks, and the reason I started trying to build it was because I thought Stoneforge Mystic was actively bad um, before Deathrite Shaman Mm. got banned, and I thought that Thali's Lieutenant could kind of bring a similar effect at a leaner kind of cost than Stoneforge Mystic was at the time, because K K Command was just everywhere, and you couldn't... Join a tournament with a Stoneforge Mystic without just getting blown out all the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's re- like, I've been at this crossroads with Legacy where I really want to be casting swords to plowshares, but I also don't want to be casting Stoneforge Mystics. And it mm. feels like my only option in that case is to play Miracles. And Pat will not <laughs> ever speak to me again if that happens. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, can't join, you can't join the dark side, Jerry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean this this seems like a pretty sweet uh, way to play that style of deck without being kind of you know horn, horn chewed into the Stoneforge Mystic package. Um, we kind of glazed over, but let's touch on your mana base. Um, it feels like your mana can be tight at times, but you still manage to fit uh some some kind of silver bullet pieces in here. Um so for just colored sources we have the uh Caracas, the Bayou, uh two Savannah, two Scrubland and then uh Plains. And the Horizon Canopy. Don't oh like yeah. That. Well, yes, Horizon Canopy also counts as mana but I was thinking that more for Silver Bullet style. But yes, yeah, sure. you're yeah, exactly yeah, right. Um, I feel, I feel like I have only ever used horizon canopies for its second ability. I feel the number <laughs> of times I have tapped a horizon canopy for, for mana is like, I can count on a single hand. Fair. Fair. <laughs> um, but yes, um, tell us about kind of the mana base. It, it, how do you feel pressured on your mana or do you feel like you can pretty much get away with this blood moon back to basics, heavy meta because you have the vials.
3: Uh, yeah, Vile does a lot of heavy lifting, um, and, and Noble Hierarch. I think I can get away with the, the, quote, greedy mana base because of Noble Hierarch and Aether Vile. They uh, basically count as additional mana sources that aren't actually lands. Um, additionally, like, the, the mana base, or the, the creature curve is pretty low, um, Aside from five cards, everything is ones and twos, so if if I'm able to just get a couple lands to stick, then I'm pretty good and can use the rest of the utility to kind of destroy my opponent's lands or cracker horizon canopy, whatever I need to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at the casting costs, you only have four cards total, three Knight of the Reliquary and the one Orzhov Pontiff that use uh, double mana. You know, Knight is green-white and Pontiff is white-black. Every other card in the deck only uses a single mana. Like, it's just one white or one green or one black and then maybe
3: some colorless stacked on. Yeah, and Cavern of Souls Um, covers that across the board.
1: Yes, so I, I wanted to talk about that. Um, so in addition to the Aether Vials, I feel like you you just don't... Like, you are never getting anything countered. <laughs> like, Swords to plowshare is basically the only thing that would ever get countered in your deck. <laughs> yeah,
3: I I'd really like sitting across the table from from blue decks. Uh, days and Force <laughs> of Will are basically just not cards I'd ever care about. Um, occasionally, I get got by a Days, and that's fine. But... yeah. <laughs>
0: Sorry <laughs> uh, but a lot of the times my opponents my just
3: <laughs> sit there with you know four or five cards in their hand, and I kitesail Freebooter, mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of counters, and I don't, <laughs> don't want to take any of them. I'm just like, okay, I, I'll take this force of will that doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, and then, so we already mentioned the Caracas. Uh, what I left off of that is your fetch lands only four windswept teeth, but you're not a brainstorm deck. So you don't really ever want to shuffle your life. Like, is there ever a reason you want to shuffle this deck unless some weird interaction with it's your opponent?
3: No, not really. It's the, the fetches are basically just there to make night bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, gotcha. I mean, I guess thinning is a thing people say, but I don't really rely on it for that.
1: Didn't uh, Jarvis come out with, like, uh, an article where he talked about thinning, like, mathematically it just doesn't actually matter? I thought that was, like, Frank Karsten. Doesn't he do
0: that? Someone who's good at math. I can't remember. It's not good math.
1: (laughs) Uh, Whoever one of those guys who's good at math once wrote an article where he said the math doesn't add up. (laughs) Case closed. (laughs) Yes. And also, you got the four wasteland to help make the night bigger, and also just because wasteland's freaking amazing in legacy, it's legacy. Yeah,
3: and night. uh, Having an active night to find wastelands is even better. Right,
1: yeah, just tutor up a wasteland and blow up a lands. Um, let's talk about kind of the sideboard real quick before we move to the five color version, because I feel the five color version is 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 very spice. <laughs> um, we got one J- Bujuka Bog, just as kind of like a knight tutor. Um, I'm assuming. <laughs> then two surgical extraction is graveyard decks kind of a trouble trouble for you.
3: Yeah, I really don't want to lose to black red reanimator. That's a very annoying deck to lose to. And so I have to have some sort of turn-zero interaction for that. Um, Surgical, in particular, also uh, kind of plays double-time against Miracles as well. I like to bring that in in those matchups to get rid of a troubling uh, removal spell, like Terminus or uh, Source to Plowshares, which basically make our hate bears twice as good once one of those is gone.
1: True. Um... Up next, we got the fourth Swords to Plowshares we talked about earlier. Uh, one Containment Priest, just because it's a human, that it's a Hate Bear that you can just tutor right up. And two Aether Sworn Canonists for uh, the combo matchup again. Ether Sworn, I think people would be surprised uh, that Aether Sworn is a human. Just looking at Aether Sworn, I always just think it's like an artifact like Veldekin or something like that.
3: Yeah, I actually was pleasantly surprised when I found out it was a human.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, sweet, even better. Um, Ethersworn comes in a lot, I feel I've been seeing a lot of Aethersworn canonists lately, what are the matchups you're boarding it in for?
3: The obvious ones are going to be like Storm, uh, both Ant mm. and TES uh, Can't say yeah. Tess, or else I'll get in trouble um, <laughs> yes, Of course
1: <laughs> Omniscience I feel I see it
3: all the time Yeah, definitely going to bring it in against the omni decks, and uh, occasionally, depending on how I'm feeling I'll bring it in against Miracles um, just turns off their Snapcasters, makes their mentors weaker.
1: Nice. Um, and then the card everyone wishes was a human but isn't, and I think some people think and are surprised to learn it's not. Uh Teague. Not a human people. It's a Kithkin. Yeah, Gaddick
3: Teague is sweet. I I if Gaddick Teague yeah. were a were a human, everything everything would be complete. We'd be
1: <laughs> It was yeah.
3: to be <laughs> But with this with this um... mana base it's uh, reliably castable.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, when I was playing Agro loam, Gatic Teague was one of the main reasons to play Agro loam. Like Gatic Teague is just so good. Like ra- it's just insane against sneak and show. Cause it just turns off their, uh, their sneak attacks. And then it's also just randomly insane against, Oh, miracles. Cause, Oh, you can't play Jace's like the range of decks. Gatic Teague is good against is hilarious.
3: <laughs> yeah. Gatic Teague comes in against most combo decks and, uh, most important to me is miracles, because once you get a Mother of Runes and a gaddick Teague online, it's it's almost a hard lock from there. They have to find something yeah. like Council's Judgment plus you know plus something else, but if they don't, then their removal spells and the ter- their terminus and their supreme verdicts are all just dead.
1: Right. So good. Love me some Teague. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, before we kind of finish off the rest of the sideboard, I just want to talk about this... Um, I feel this list and this archetype is good. It's not even just now, but in the future because. Humans are a thing in magic. Like it's not like Merfolk or Goblins where they take a few sets off before they like come back. Like humans are in every magic mm. set, so this deck can only get better from here. As they print more good cards, statistically a portion of those are going to be humans, and that just goes into the list, making it that much more refined and that much more competitive.
3: Yeah, I agree. I'm uh. actually afraid that they're gonna ban something in the modern variant because of design space or something i don't know it's kind of a scary thought
1: yeah <laughs> it's true isn't it just like tearing up modern yeah
3: it's it's ridiculous and that's what they did with birthing pot is like we can't print good creatures anymore because that deck will be too good so let's ban it
1: right <laughs> <laughs> and then wizards is gonna say we can't make uh humans anymore like <laughs> magic <laughs> has no more humans <laughs> Um, real quick if if they would ban something out of the deck what do you think would be the card to ban
3: uh, my money would be on unclaimed territory unclaimed territories ah, uh, it,
1: then that's in the modern list it's not in the legacy list Is that the, it's in the five uh, color of
3: the legacy list as well oh, but okay. um, it's basically what makes the mana good
1: mm, gotcha that's the only reason why you can really run it yeah
3: yeah exactly and I think that it's the card that no other you know I don't think they can realistically ban something like Aether Vile. Aether Vile is too much of a mainstay in any format, and I hate blue decks, so I hope not.
1: <laughs> right. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so, so, after the longest tangent, returning to the rest of the sideboard, you have a second copy of Orzhov Pontiff, uh, just when you really need to beat True Names and Baleful Strixes. Um, to Rexage. Why Sage Rex instead of something like uh, and Grip?
3: Uh, well, Rexage is a creature that can be found with Recruiter of the Guard.
1: Yes. See, that time, Pat, I let the setup go through. Are you <laughs> <what I> me? <mean? laughs> well done, Jerry. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, perfect. So also, I mean, you can put it in off the vial for the surprise play. Uh, I, I've i gotten that so many times where I'm like, oh, show and tell omniscience. Vial in Rexage. Damn it.
3: <laughs> yeah, Rexage is great. Unfortunately, there's no human version. So I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah.
1: Didn't they just print in uh they spoiled a new card. It's I don't
3: Yeah, Night of Autumn, I think is what you're talking, talking about.
1: Yeah, what does that card do again? Um,
3: it's a one green, one white, one colorless, 2/1. And when it mm-hmm. enters the the battlefield, you can either put two plus one counters on it, destroy an artifact or enchantment, or gain four life. Yeah,
1: that card seems
3: sick. <laughs> yeah, that card is absolutely nuts and is Instantly going in both of the these is it, decks. Is it a human? It's game? not. It's a triad. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I was going to say that. Is, that is my point exactly. It's like imagine if that was just yeah. a human.
3: <laughs> I think they made it a dryad so that it couldn't go in any good deck for free.
1: Because <laughs> like I'm like looking. I think when I looked at the art, I'm like, that doesn't really look like a dryad. <laughs> Oh, man. So, uh, Rex Age, soon to be replaced. Um, two Sanctum Prelate. Also a human. Looks like a ghost, but it's a human.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that card is really good against combo.
1: Yeah, that... I don't want to talk about that card. I hate... (laughs) That's the card that knocked me out of GP Richmond. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Gideon, Ally, Zendikar. One copy. Is that just for the Miracles matchup?
3: Yeah, Miracles or Grixis. Um... It it's worth pointing out that it has an Anthem effect, which can also just make our guys bigger to kill our opponent.
1: Oh, that's true. Gideon is one of the planeswalkers that can just ult as soon as you put it into play. And you just, sometimes he's just a four mana, uh, glorious Anthem that can't be removed. Yeah.
3: He's really sweet <laughs> and he's a human when he attacks. So it's pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> <is he? Yeah. laughs>
1: Does it trigger anything? No, oh, no, I guess you could put plus one, plus one. Oh, yeah. But- I guess if you use, like, second main phase, but that's probably not a good choice to, like, second main phase attack. <laughs> yeah. <Lieutenant,
3: before> <laughs> you. you can vile it in after you declare attacks, which is pretty cool.
1: Oh, that's the way to do it. We found it, people. We found it. <laughs> we got there. <laughs>
3: Gideon, human of Zendikar.
1: Human of Zendikar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's pop over to the, uh, the five-color list uh and i think uh it's important to kind of start with the mana base like you said unclaimed territory if they were going to ban a card would that would be the most likely target um unclaimed territories from ixalan when it comes into play into the battlefield choose a creature type can add a colorless or add one mana of any color to your mana pool for that uh creature type or spend this mana only to cast a creature type spell of the chosen type um that's pretty sweet I thought this was going to be the rise of Slivers again, but I guess hmm. humans beat them to the punch.
3: Yeah, I mean Sliver still gets a five O every every week or so. So,
1: hey, uh, oh yeah. really?
3: Yeah, I think uh,
1: <laughs> I think there's just one really dedicated Slivers player on Magic Online. <laughs> only one. Only I'm kind one. of
3: jealous of Sliver. They have an additional free Rainbow Land, the Sliver Hive, or something like that.
1: Oh uh, right, yeah. right.
3: So, I, I would love one of those. <laughs>
1: uh i mean you have uh you have three so you also have ancient ziggurat uh holy shit those are expensive <laughs> <laughs> right like, like ten dollar on commons i i'm pretty sure i have like a bulk bin somewhere with those <laughs> uh, and it's add one man of any color to your mana pool spend this mana only to cast creature spells um, and then ca- uh, Cavern of Souls, of course, being your third Rainbow Land. So you have 12 basically free city of brass that don't cost you life.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ancient Ziggurat is kind of a necessary evil. It-, it feels really bad when my opponent plays Tabernacle and I have like three Ancient Ziggurats in play.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yep, that would be a problem.
3: <laughs> but other than that, it's uh... great. <laughs>
1: Right. So yeah, you would, you would basically like, that's why you want another rainbow land. You just want something better than ancient cigarette Mm -hmm. and three horizon canopy. It's surprising. The, the green white base list is running fewer horizon canopy than the rainbow list. (laughs) Why, why is that?
3: Uh, We can reliably find the horizon canopy in the Abzan list with Night of the reliquary. Mm -hmm. Um. And we filter a bit more with that list because of night, and we have Bob. Um, so, th- the Horizon Canopy here would be an additional land that isn't a Rainbow Land, so it might as well be Horizon Canopy.
1: Gotcha. Uh, just the best of kind of few choices. Yeah. Um, and then the old standby for Wasteland and two Caracas. I'm guessing running two just because you know why
3: not? Yeah, it's great against Sneak and Show, obviously. And yeah,
1: <laughs> you should play you should play your second Caracas out. That way you can get doubly protected. Do that. Next <laughs> yeah, I'll time do that play. next time I play it online.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but also sometimes uh, you get so- sweet value with Thalia.
1: Oh yeah, yep, true. Just uh, infinite blocking with Thalia, even applying for strike damage and then bouncing if it's a it's trade.
3: Even cooler here because I can uh, Caracas my Thalia it in, put triggers on my er, put counters on my guys. Oh wow! <laughs> That's and very- repeatedly do that. I've I've won a few games like that, and it feels really cool.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I I definitely like that. (laughs) Um, So going over the creature base, uh, four Champion of the Parish again, four Mother Ruins, four Noble Hierarch, two Dark Confidant, four Kitesail Freebooter, four Thalia's Lieutenant, and four Thalia. Uh, Two Imperial Recruiter, one Orzhov Pontiff, just from the old list. And then where it is different, uh, no Knight of the Reliquary, cutting Knight of the reliquary instead for a bit more kind of prison hate style. Um, you got three meddling mage. Um, what, what's kind of the impetus for running meddling mage over Knight of the
3: reliquary meddling mage. Just, it, it, it's kind of a catch all in the sense of whatever you know is going to beat you at the moment. You just name that card and hope that everything they everything else they have isn't good enough. Hmm. Um, also, sometimes you have Kitesail rebooter, which you play that first, and you see their hand, and you know exactly what to name. Um, right. So against a lot of the Delver decks, you can blind Meddling Mage naming Bolt, and none of your creatures are going to die for the rest of the game. Right. You know. Hmm. Yeah, just
1: shutting off, or against Miracles, just naming Yeah, naming, and then all you have to
3: yeah, sorry. Naming T- terminus with a uh, mother of runes online is pretty good. Um, notably against ant game one. If I name tendrils of agony, they can't win the game.
1: Right. <laughs> They're so salty. They call the judge to check the deck list to make sure you didn't pre-sideboard. <laughs> um, so yeah, just going instead of going for that brute force and toolbox of knight, you're going for a much more kind of controlling version of the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, a slight difference. Instead of recruiter of the guard, and I would feel back of the day you would you would only run red just because it was the only option. You're running red strictly for uh, Imperial recruiter. Why why Imperial recruiter instead of Im- recruiter of the guard?
3: Imperial recruiter is specifically for reflector mage. Mm. Reflector mage is a two three, which can't be found by recruiter of ah. the guard.
1: Yes cannot be found forcing you and you feel it's just that important like I mean Imperial Recruiter is obviously great because it can tutor up anything but if you just really want Reflector Mage that bad maybe do you just you know what I'm trying to ask is at what point is adding that fifth color too much
3: it's kind of free at this point Mm -hmm. Um, we already basically have all the Rainbow Lands for the black and the blue actually so adding that fifth color doesn't really harm us at all. If if you look at the mana base, any color that can produce or any mm-hmm. land that can produce blue or black can also produce red. True. So at, at that point, it's it, it doesn't really matter. Um, at one point, I was running basics in the list, um, a few planes. This was when uh, pre ban when red stompy was everywhere, and I ran the uh, re- recruiter of the guard because I wanted to be able to play it through a Blood Moon. But now that that deck hasn't really been an issue, and actually I can still cast Imperial Recruiter through a Blood Moon. Um, <laughs> uh, it's I, I think it's just a strict upgrade, because grabbing a Reflector Mage when you need to bounce something is just really important.
1: Gotcha. So, for those wondering at home, no, it is not just flaunting your stuff that you have in period No, they, they have made it much more affordable and easier to come by. Like yeah, imagine would... trying to put this... Oh, I really want to put together this like fringe deck that seems to be doing really well, but it's running two copies of like a $300 card. Yeah. <laughs> that's only good in, That's only good in this and a Lurin.
3: <laughs> yeah, that card's price was insane uh, before I would ne- never even think of buying them. Right.
1: Yeah. Like it coming down, which I love, you know, this just kind of goes to show that when you get reprints of those sweet old cars that are just super expensive, but you just can't, you know, can't justify picking up. I'm looking at you, Chance <laughs> Uh when you when you get copies of those out in people's hands, they do sweet stuff with them.
0: Ping pong balls, Jerry ping pong balls.
1: <laughs> uh, are you just going to slow feed your your theory over the next, like, 20 episodes?
0: I mean, yeah, people people need to know about it. They need to keep it fresh in their mind.
1: uh so yeah so yeah recruiter of the guard um don't skimp on it it is key to the uh to the deck's success and just you know making it as competitive as possible um the reason why let's get to it reflector mage uh i saw a little bit of it in in legacy uh when it first came out but then i felt like it just quickly disappeared like people tried it out and they're like "eh, it's not for me (laughs)
3: yeah this card is really powerful um it it just it's such a big tempo swing against decks like Delver or D and T um, when you can actually target something. But uh, in addition, it just helps our matchups against decks like Show and Tell, which mm-hmm. would normally be very egregious. Makes our game ones winnable because it's happened more times than not where they cast Show and Tell, and I put in a Reflector Mage in response to their emerkel or their. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gristlebrand, and just return it to their hand, and now they don't have any way to put it out, and I just have another body to kill them. Hmm.
1: See, but then, you know, pay seven, draws it, but it's okay in this case, Pat. <laughs> they say trigger? <laughs> they say trigger. <laughs> Knee jerk.
3: Yeah, a, a um, lot of times, though, if they're paying seven, I'm okay with that, because then I'll follow up with untap, Castali's lieutenant, kill you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, why did I lose all that life? <laughs> um, and then, also, a sweet card to put in off show and tell is Palace Jailer.
3: Yeah, Palace Jailer is insane for all the same reasons as Reflector Mage, but also gives us an avenue to win against decks like Grixis Control and Miracles, where otherwise we would just be outgrinded.
1: Right, that being the Monarch and just controlling an extra card uh, or drawing an extra card each turn uh, just really, I feel, lets you kind of stay in stay in lockstep with those decks that would, you know, otherwise bear you an advantage.
0: It, it also looks like uh, the lead singer of Disturbed at Renfair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it even looks like he's holding, like, a microphone.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah totally just good. waiting in like, singing something. <laughs> That's
3: hilarious.
1: Uh, get some sweet <laughs> altars made. <laughs> What's the what's to alter?
0: He just needs the little things under his chin, you know?
1: <laughs> have, like some fans in the background. <laughs> it's pretty metal. Oh boy. Um so yeah, so how did how did the two uh oh I guess let's cover the the sideboard real quick. We got the two surgical again, containment priest, uh one aether sworn canonist, two dismember. So no no swords to plowshares in this list. Uh when's dismember coming
3: in? Dismember's coming in against Any creature deck. Delver, Four-Color Loam, Maverick, DNT, yeah.
1: Just if it has a target, you're boarding it in.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I just need some way to clear early creatures while I build my board.
1: Mm. So why not run it main?
3: Um, Usually the Reflector Mage is good enough to do it main. um, Mm. Or, sorry, to get the job done in the main board. Or the main deck, sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the Dismembers will come up against just uh, anything we need extra against. Specifically, Eldrazi is the deck that comes to mind where sometimes they just go off so fast that Reflector Mage is too slow and Dismember will just help us buy time to get there.
1: Um, then, shoring up your graveyard matchup, you got two Fairy Macabre. Uh, one more Imperial Recruiter. When... So- Whenever I see lists like these and I copy them and I try and run them, I never know, like, when do you board in that extra Imperial Recruiter? Like, that, I feel, is one of the more difficult sideboarding decisions of the deck.
3: Yeah, I tend to bring it in against very grindy matchups and matchups where I just want more bodies. Um, Miracles is an example of that, of it's, you know, it's two bodies for one and also guarantees that I'll find my Palace Jailer every game. And also against D and T because I always want to find Orzhov Pontiff against them or Reclamation Sage, so I just I put the third one in there to make sure that I can hit my silver bullets, and hopefully that's enough to squeeze by lethal.
1: And speaking of kind of sideboarding decisions, I feel looking at these lists, these lists are always so tight. It's so hard to decide what to board out in certain matchups. You know, do you find yourself shaving a lot, or do you do you find your like sl- slotting out entire card, like entire sets of cards that are just not as relevant? Because I feel like your cards are almost relevant in such a wide range of matchups.
3: Yeah, that's definitely one of the harder aspects is deciding what cards are are less impactful than other ones, even though all of them seem very impactful i guess um a lot of the times the go-to shave is thalia's lieutenant if if we need slots then just making our guys bigger becomes less of a priority than locking them out is
1: yeah you, you you're going more for the prison you know when you're boarding stuff in it's it's answers so you're going to be more of the control deck rather than the aggro deck and thalia's thalia's lieutenant is pretty much just an aggro deck yeah Our aggro card, I should say. Nice. And then, so also, we got two Rexades, two Sanctum Prelate, and then Venser, Shaper Savant. I love that card.
3: Yeah, that card's super cute
1: um human human wizard of course flash when vencer's shaper savant enters the battlefield return target spell or permanent to its owner's hands it's a two blue blue for a two two uh that i feel i, I love just you know viling in a vencer or just even casting a vencer as a counter spell <laughs> or and then just like it's it's utility is so nice
3: yeah we're we're channeling our, our inner joe jo- set here and we want to kind of get fancy with Venser, Caracas, and Aether Vile. And mm-hmm. kind of... Right. There are games that go really long against Miracles and Grixis control where that's a thing that happens a non-zero amount of times where we're just bouncing everything they do and viling it back <laughs> the same turn.
1: Uh, it's, just, it's just the meme like, look at me. I'm the Miracles deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh awesome um so what how did these two decks diverge you know are you kind of trading back and forth between the lists or are you favoring one more than others right now
3: um i think they both have their kind of niches in that i think five color if i were go to if i were to go to a big event and I expected a lot of combo and a lot of miracles, I would play 5-color. Um, otherwise, if I you know expected a lot of um, d and and more grindy creature-based decks, then I would play the Abzan list. Um, it just has a better way of kind of gumming up the board and running them over versus the 5-color list. It, it can do that very well, but is also a little more fragile in that it's it's a very synergistic deck, where mm-hmm. the Abzan list kind of has its own engine of Knight of the Reliquary. Night of the Reliquary just gets big and wastelands you sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of nice. I mean, you essentially have two two decks in one. Yeah, uh, you know, for someone looking for kind of a flexible playstyle, um, kind of getting eighty-ish eighty-ish ninety-ish cards. Um, you have two decks here that you can, depending on what your predictions of the meta are, you can kind of tune for what your expected fields you're going to play and kind of get the most bang for your buck with a limited set of cards.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of the bonuses to it for sure. Um, I think Five Color is the deck that I will continue to really keep the the mainstay of the archetype. Um, the Absinthe version is good, and I'm going to keep playing it, but I, the five color just has so much play to it and has so many different ways to build it. I, I mean, I, I showed you guys my latest build with the Dark Confidants, but that's, you know, two cards different from a build I was playing two weeks ago, which it's it's crazy the amount of configuration options there are.
1: Yeah. It uh, definitely seems like a sweet list. So, would you would you recommend someone who's kind of newer to Legacy to pick it up? Because when we look at kind of the blue decks, it's this seems kind of a bargain in comparison. The five color list is uh, eighteen hundred, uh, roughly, based on MTG Goldfish prices.
3: Yeah, I I would absolutely recommend it to anybody who is interested in like going into Legacy for a somewhat more budget side of a cost. Um, I think it's a very good. I think they're both very good decks that I think the archetype is great and something that wasn't explored nearly enough. And I think there's still a lot more to find in kind of this, this shell of a deck.
1: Yeah. And also, I mean, considering it is such a competitive deck in modern already, if you have the modern list already, uh, this is a pretty clean uh, port, you know, just adding a couple, a uh, couple key cards and you have a legacy deck from the modern version.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, that's, One of the things that made it easy for me to start playing was I had the modern deck and just was like, well, it's going to cost me another hundred bucks to play this. I might as well.
1: Right. (laughs) I mean, that's not bad. Uh, I spent a hundred dollars and I got into legacy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so with it for someone kind of picking this deck up, what would you say is the, uh, the hardest thing that you learned, you know, right off the bat that just improved your play style?
3: Um, the first thing I would say is that it's not D and T. A lot of people kind of see this deck and they're like, "Oh, it's just five color Death and Taxes," and it's not. It's it's very different. It's much more. Um, it's kind of a Death and Taxes meets a Delver deck kind of play style, where or sometimes you do lock your opponents and play that kind of game, but other times you can you kind of just go turn one Champion of the Parish, turn two Thallese Lieutenant, just get in a lot of damage. And leverage the fact that a lot of decks play things like fetch lands and stuff like that, that do damage to themselves. Yeah.
1: I mean, also I can see this deck, um, you know, sometimes game one, you just get them, like you just roll them like, cha- you know, just go champion of the parish into like mother of ruins, noble hierarch. And you just run them over and they don't real they think you're like this super aggro deck and then game two comes along and you just prison them out.
3: Yeah. Exactly, and, and the deck has a ton of micro-interactions um, and sometimes not very straightforward sequencing. So that's one thing I would, I would say to keep in mind is it's not always right to play Champion of the Parish on turn one. It's not always right to play Mother of Runes on turn one. It's, it's very contextual and uh, on what's going on, I guess, at the against what you're playing against or whether you're on the player of the draw kind of thing.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, let's 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 say say you're on the draw, and you see your opponent go Island Preordain. Um, you know what's kind of what are you preferring as your turn one drop compared to you know a deck that goes like Mountain Lightning Bolt your
3: face? Yeah. So at that point, I would probably assume um, like show and t- or sneak and show or miracles, and I, I would want to get Fast mana, so Noble Hierarch would probably be where I'd want to start there if I didn't have an Ether Vial. Aether Vial is almost always Mm -hmm. the turn one play, for what it's worth.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you have an Aether Vial, play a Aether Vial.
3: (laughs) Yeah, having fast mana is really important against the combo decks, though, because then you can start playing out multiple things at once, and Noah Hierarch allows you to do things like turn two, follow up with that Champion of the Parish, plus a Meddling Mage, plus a Kite Silph Rebooter. So it makes your clock a little slower, but overall makes your board advantage much faster
1: right you're trading a little tempo on the front end for a lot of tempo on the back end yeah um and now let's say against something like burn you know of course you know aether vile turn one but what are you what are you going for against the burn matchup
3: against burn i want to make as big guys as possible so turn one champion of the parish is often correct against them it it gives them something that they have to answer right away. Otherwise gets out of range of their burn spells in one or two turns. And then I can block all their small guys forever or just run them over. Mm -hmm.
1: I can picture some burn players going, yeah, how big could it get? And then a turn later, they're like, Oh, I should have killed that when I have the chance. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. So, um, uh, Pat, can you think of any just kind of drastically different deck? Um, for for turn one, or I guess uh, sorry, uh, Pat, I, they, that was a great idea, Pat. I'm glad you <laughs> telepathically <laughs> transmitted that to my head. Uh, let's say you're playing against lands. What's what's kind of the setup for a deck like lands?
3: Lands probably want to start with a noble Hierarch as well. Um, they tax your mana base super hard, so just having access to that extra mana from the get go is really important.
1: Cool, awesome. Um, so. Blue, uh, five color humans. Uh, do you think you're going to see more of this? Is this is this a trend waiting to take off?
3: Uh, I, I think it's starting to. I'm getting a lot of um, feedback from a lot of different members of the community from it recently. Um, most notably, Cedric Phillips played it at... Yeah,
1: he was on it at... Sorry, not to interrupt, but I, I actually uh, uh, was with a group of people that was talking, and uh, Cedric came over, and he was saying how he was running five color humans, and I'm like, "Oh, really?"
3: <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty sweet uh, and validating that you know someone of mm-hmm. his uh, stature, I guess, is playing this random list that I put together. Mm.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's actually so in. in of the several people that requested we have you on eddie a few of them were even like yo eddie made this deck make sure he gets credit before it gets his like yeah that that was (laughs) a a major
0: concern as well like make sure he gets (laughs) yeah make sure he gets his his due his due for for creating this deck i appreciate (laughs) that (laughs)
1: um so yeah the five color humans i guess um for our our uh listeners who don't necessarily want to sleeve up some human action um what's kind of the best way to combat the deck
3: Oh man. Um, cast a lot of terminus. <laughs>
1: Tell us how to beat you, Eddie. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah, um,
1: so terminus Terminus is a big yeah. trouble.
3: Terminus is really good. Uh, really, really fast combo. Um, usually if I see a turn one elvish spirit guide, i I just feel really bad all the time. <laughs> Tur- <laughs> turbo deaths is pretty egregious, um, and moon stompy is also a very rough matchup. Luckily, both those decks have kind of gone down on the wayside, but there's still decks I don't want to see across the table from me. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. So, what you're saying is you're the guy who gives Char Belcher players hope. Yeah,
3: exactly. Come to me if you <laughs> want to feel good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, how does Belcher end up in top eight? Oh, he played Eddie eight rounds.
3: <laughs> Stoneblade decks also aren't great. Um, if they can get a pretty early true name with a gt attached it's it's really hard to come back from that hmm.
1: true um so i guess if wizards was going to print just any card if you could if you you know say this is the old days and you you got to design your own card um and you could make any card you wanted for for the humans list what would you make to just kind of put humans just completely over the edge
3: i think i would take the card that they just printed, Night of Autumn, and just slap Human yeah. on that.
1: <laughs> That's all we want, Wizards. Just give it to us. <laughs>
3: that, that, would, that would be ideal in every case. I would just jam four of that card in the main board and call it a day. <laughs> Sick. Awesome.
1: Um, so are you playing in any uh, large events coming up? Or are we going to see this show up on any uh, big lists?
3: Um, I'm I don't think there are any huge legacy events coming up in my area. Um, I played, like, a Staples tournament uh, a couple weeks ago and top forward that with the Abzan list, um, and probably going to play a few more of those as the months come, but until then, I'm just waiting for them to announce the uh, the next legacy GP.
1: Yeah, uh, waiting with bated breath. Uh... Wow, anything else we kind of wanted to cover with humans or uh, anything you wanted to get off your chest with it
3: um just that I think the deck's really good I think um at first glance it it kind of looks weak in a format of force of will and turn one gristle brands and stuff, but I think the deck has a lot of a lot of play and I hope becomes the mainstay in the format when uh given more people kind of. Give it a chance.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean I hope so too. I, I, I feel this is kind of the zoo deck I've been looking for. Like I've wanted a zoo deck uh that just kinda goes to the face with creatures and for a long time they just weren't weren't good enough. But I'm 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 really liking this uh this five color humans
3: list. Yeah, it's really sweet. I hope you give it a try too.
1: Yeah, I want to put that together. I need to get some ancient ziggurats though. I don't know where I'm gonna <laughs> get those. <laughs> Uh, we kind of wrapped up kind of quick. Do you want to go over some of the uh, uh, spoilers from Ravnica? I just want to talk about creeping chill.
0: Let's talk. <laughs> All right, Jerry has Jerry has a Guild of Ravnica card he has to talk about, right?
1: Yeah, dude, creeping chill. Did you see this card?
0: No. What does that, that do? One that, uh, is this the oh, green man. black destroyer permanent?
1: No, that's and I, I know
0: Jim. I know, aka
1: Jerry. Assassin Trophy, creeping uh, chill. Creeping Chill has a lot of Spidey Senses tingling. It's three to black, but don't worry, guys. This is one of those cards that you're never going to (laughs) cast. Creeping Chill deals, deals three damage to each opponent, and you gain three life. That's that's totally a limited staple, right, guys? Totally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, what's relevant though is when creeping chill is put into your graveyard from your library, those keywords that whenever you see on a card make your hair stand on end, <laughs> you may exile it. If you do, creeping chill chill deals three damage to each opponent, and you gain three life.
3: <laughs> oh, this is the card that everyone uh, is saying dredge about, right?
1: yes but i mean it's it's one of those cards where it's like yes dredge but not just dredge like things like like cephalid breakfast style decks i feel um are we really, really talking
0: about ca- breakfast right now <laughs> yeah we are i mean
1: it doesn't actually Jeez. work in cephalid breakfast i'm just talking about like the overall strategy of cephalid breakfast <laughs> um but yeah so it's just like i mean if you have four of these in your deck with four narc Amoeba and you mill your deck that's 12 damage right there
0: why would you um, mill your so- deck oh, oh you're saying if you mill your entire deck
1: yeah, with as I said, cephalid breakfast style decks. If you just kind of mill your entire deck, that's twelve damage, um, and it's just kind of a matter. It's like, all right, how do we get the other? So you're eight? saying
0: like <laughs> something like uh, like um, like a painter servant deck, perhaps? Yeah, well, not
1: not. Pain, I mean, painter servant, you're milling your opponent, with right? This, well, what, it's just, what, it's, what am I
0: thinking of? Like uh, uh grindstone, like the grindstone. Yeah, like, like, li- or, like uh, the hell line, line. deck? Four
1: horse, four horseman. Yeah. Well, no, Helm, Rip, Helm. You keep those are all decks that uh, mill your opponent. That's like,
0: true, Jerry. This is a bad card. You're crazy. Four horse, yes, <laughs> this might have, This like may have.
1: <laughs> it's cool. It's not going to be groundbreaking, but it's just one of those like cool decks that get the gears turning. For it's not like, even, it's not like, even ground like bad, scraping, bad combo Jerry. decks. It's not even ground no.
0: scraping. This, does, this doesn't even touch the ground. <laughs> oh my god! It goes he just right into the just garbage can. Twelve
1: damage. Twelve damage. You just need to find a way to do that. Twelve damage.
0: Eight. Yeah. So mill your whole deck. You get twelve damage. It still doesn't kill anyone. <laughs>
1: It's so close, though! It's so
0: close! Yeah, this card is very close. If it was better, it would be better. Yeah,
3: sure. yeah I feel like Dredge um, is gonna find a way to abuse this. Yeah, but yeah. they
0: already have, like... they Dredge already has their win con. Like, of, uh... What is that guy that they, uh, uh... Uh... Balustrade Spy? Like, that's already their win con. I don't think they need these. Like, they don't really care about doing damage to their opponent,
3: right? Well, Balustrade Spy is the- is the enabler right Right, right. Yeah,
1: Balustrade Spy is the enabler, and then it wins by exiling their. Uh, no, it's Laboratory Maniac. Laboratory so, Maniac. That, that's what I'm. Yeah, of. it gets Sorry. Laboratory Maniac, and then you on your next turn you draw. But the problem with that is if Laboratory Maniac gets removed, you then lose on your turn. Right. So this is a way for decks like those to just kill their opponents in the mill step, and without exposing yourself. Like you just need you just need a way to deal eight more damage. And I feel people are like scouring Gatherer like backlogs, looking for old. Builds cards that who had been in playable for the longest time, but when paired with this it deals twenty damage by milling your
3: deck. Bump in the night.
1: Bump in the night. I don't know where we're getting the mana, but we're bumping the night in them. Lotus pedal, Jerry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it bump bumping the night like six to flashback?
3: We have yeah, we're, this, we're gonna this... run LEDs, right?
1: Yeah, we're gonna that's how we do it. LED bump in the night. People are thinking like this might have a spot
3: in
0: Dredge, but I just don't see a point where Dredge wants this card.
1: Well, the thing is, is like uh, uh, most of the dredge lists aren't comboing out their opponent; they're like pecking them down with Icarids. Right. So, if you can just use this, not only does it gain you life, so it buys you more time against like the Delver matchups that can sometimes race you. Um, but this just takes turns off their life. Like if each one of those that goes into the graveyard, that's one less turn that you have to spend attacking with an Icarid.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. But then like what do you cut what do you cut in place of this? Yeah, yo, hard like choice, Miss Man. <laughs> you cut, like your what are you gonna cut? Like your breakthroughs? Like that that's the card I like the least in that deck, but I don't know. I just don't think this card has any legs, personally. I think you're crazy to think so.
1: No, I mean it's gonna go in a very specific deck. Yeah, but and deck it's gonna go in a draft deck, gonna... Jerry. It's gonna go in a first no, time
0: drafter's draft deck.
1: No, I'm I'm saying it's like Balustrade Spy. It's you know, it's a car that looks terrible at first glance, but it goes into just a silly deck that does silly things. It's not very competitive, but it does hilarious things that make people laugh. Yeah. So, what is wrong with a little joy in the world's pack? So, Why do you hate happiness? All right, so uh
0: just uh just to let everyone know, so we're all on the same page. Creeping chill, future EDH all star. You heard it. From, you heard it from Jerry first.
1: It's not very good in EDH. Each opponent. Yeah, but I mean, it's like four. Yeah,
0: I guess. It, I, I was really just joking. I was trying to think of the least, uh, the least significant format for it to have a, like a place in, and uh, and that's all I could think of. EDH.
1: Oh man, creeping chill, man. I would have creeping said tiny chill. leaders,
0: but it's four CMC.
1: Yeah, I can't do it in four CMC. <laughs> um, there has also been a shit ton of other cards. Um, we're doing, no uh to We're gonna say. do
0: uh, spoilers next week, I think.
1: No, no, I mean this is the only other relevant spoiler I think that we haven't covered is Goblin Crater Maker.
0: Goblin Crater Maker.
1: Yeah, make goblins great again. We we, we we've been talking about it for a while. Goblins need some love, and Watsi listened. Goblin uh, Crater Maker, one in a red for a two two, and it's pay one sacrifice goblin crater maker to either do two damage to target creature or destroy target colorless non land permanent.
0: Yeah, kills Karn.
3: When I first read good that card, card, I thought it was Sacrifice Any Goblin and I almost lost my shit.
1: Sacrifice any goblin would be insane. <laughs> this is a nice um, way this is a
0: nice way to take care of a chalice.
1: Yeah, it takes care of a chalice, but it's also like people pointed out as like, how big is the crater if it can take out an emmercool?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't you can't destroy emmercool, right? Yeah, you can. I thought emmercool was indestructible.
1: No, it is protection from colored spells.
3: You're thinking of Ulamog. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Emmercool can very much be goblin crater maker. It is a big freaking crater. <laughs> well, he's,
0: he's got a lot of bombs, so.
1: I also just noticed he has a black cat with him. He's that's probably well, bad luck.
0: Well, yeah, that's probably why you have to sacrifice Goblin Crater Maker to make this happen.
1: <laughs> it's true. I love the flavor of this card because a kid looks at this card, and is like, "Oh, look at a cool goblin with a big backpack." And then you take a step back and think about the flavor, and it's like this guy is a suicide bomber. Yes, that that's is exactly the flavor. What is. That is what this card is. Yep. Which is kind of messed up if you think about it.
3: <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it.
1: Uh, but yeah, no, just like the versatility of this card is huge. It kills Delver of Secrets, which is big. Um, and then it's also just an answer for everything from our, uh, an ether Chalice of the void batter skull all the way up to uh, emmercool. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're going to definitely see goblin Creator maker show up in goblins list, and I wouldn't be surprised if this trend keeps up if we start seeing goblins uh, putting up more results. I've already been noticing it showing up in five uh, zero leagues, and I've also been seeing it uh, you know make more appearances and place higher in uh, locals. That's that's because so. legacy
0: isn't a great place right now.
1: It is Legacy is in a great place right now. Speaking
0: of Legacy being in a great place right now. We have the 40 duel tournament coming up, Jerry. Are you are you are you backing out
1: on me now? I'm not <laughs> I'm probably not going to be able to go. I I found out today that uh we have a very important very important thing going on at work and I could I could get stuff uh, get the time off but it would not look good. And also like I sh- I should do you go to this thing? Because otherwise my life is going to be a living hell afterwards. So I am. Uh, it pains me to say I, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to the 40 duels now. It just got dropped on me uh, today. I know, man. I know. Hey, you backed out on me on Richmond. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. A, people expect me to back out because
0: I actually have real life stuff that goes on. <laughs> I have kids what? and a wife and, you know, a house and. Uh, you, you. I mean, you're living the life that I want to live, Jerry. You're, un- you're
1: unencumbered. You know, I'm responsible, and it's not like you my put last job. Your my... last
0: job to go to a GP with
2: me.
1: I know, I know, I did that, but that was because I hated my last <laughs> job. Did, like I did, actually did. like my job yeah. now, and I'm being a freaking responsible adult. Where I'm like, <sighs> I could just like be. Pigheaded and just take it off anyways but then everyone in the office would hate me and it would not do well for office dynamics
0: (laughs) well we will discuss what the plans are now um we do have uh eternal weekend coming up um i'm not going to eternal weekend fuck that you might have to go to eternal weekend jerry (laughs)
1: you're gonna make me go to eternal weekend
0: yeah i might have to to. (laughs) but the other tournament that we have coming up uh in november which i'm really excited for saturday november 17th we are now announcing the uh The second, uh, Leaving Legacy 2K at Gaming Etc. Doors open at 11 a.m. Player meeting starts at noon. It's a guaranteed 2K, $35 per entry. And uh, it will, of course, scale up like all the other uh, events do. I think the last one was a, was it 3.5K at at Gaming Etc.?
1: Yeah, last time it turned out to be a three and a half k guaranteed two k guaranteed two k uh, scaling up yep scaling up uh, to five k though I mean if we get like, we have seating for like four hundred yeah so four hundred people show up you know we'll probably turn it into 10K. like an eight or nine <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> we will
0: get the so, actual numbers on the uh, thing I think like the magic number is like two hundred to make it a five k no I'm,
1: I think it's one I think one seventy five is that
0: what it 1K. is I can't I can't totally to- to- remember but we will put those numbers up because people are always curious what it, what it is and. uh um, yeah, I mean, Michelle and the crew over there are always so great about making sure that the, uh, the entries go back into the prize pool and, she, you know, she'll, she'll even put her boxes of her own in there and, and make sure that people get, are getting prizes and she just does such an awesome job. It's my favorite store. I recommend it to everyone who, who's from the Boston area, who was looking for a place to play. Um, but yeah, we'll be there. Of course, we'll be streaming the event again. We'll do it on the, uh, the LAL, <laughs> on the LAL Twitch stream. So you guys can catch the VOD post event, which would be awesome.
1: Uh, Wilson Hunter will be uh, coming back up again to join us in the Casters booth.
0: I was un- this uh, is news to me. Is it really?
1: I you I am paying for you to get an Alzheimer's check or a CAT scan, Pat. When?
0: No, <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: I'll I'll send you like screenshot proof later on. But <laughs> yes, Wilson, Wilson's flying up to join us in the Casters booth again. <laughs> um and uh oh also uh for our sleepyhead uh new york friends who complained about it being uh an 11 a.m tournament it is going to start at noon right
0: doors at 11 uh, this, uh player meeting starts at noon
1: yes well player meeting starts at uh, 11 50 round one starts at noon okay Sure. Um, I,
0: I, I mean, I was looking at the event on Facebook, and I, I thought I thought oh, you're – I think you're wrong, but that's okay. All
1: right. Maybe I'm making stuff up. Yeah. It starts at noon. That's what people need to know. Round player one meeting starts at, at noon.
0: noon. I'm reading the event. Player meeting at noon. All right.
1: Noon. It's a, it's a one-minute player meeting then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, give round one, 1201. So, Jerry,
0: are you going to back out of this tournament too?
1: Oh, my God, Pat. <laughs> Pat, call my boss and tell my boss that you're very disappointed. All right. And I'm ch- I will. I will.
3: I will. You guys should uh, you, you should make that the next cast. Pat calling Jerry's boss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a crank Yankers call. That's okay, great. <laughs> uh yeah, so that's going to be really great. Um I'm really excited to to stream it again. I feel like last time we had a really good time streaming it. I think we did a pretty good job and I think we uh we took down a lot of notes. Um and I think we have a lot of uh, improvements to go. Hopefully we'll be using the uh, cardboard live uh, extension again, which was so cool. Uh, when Uh, we will be when watch what's that
1: we will be using the cardboard yeah
0: yeah, so you're talking about this chat man I'm I'm not part of this chat so (laughs) whatever chat you're in where you're talking to Wilson will you please like include me in the chat because I was not part of this chat
1: it's the chat with me Wilson and a cardboard cutout of you
0: it it seriously is it seriously is tell him that is not the meaning of cardboard live um But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Wilson was Wilson is such a good guy. It was great to meet him last time. It's gonna be so much fun. And I'm actually also designing a trophy for this event. So the winner will be taking oh. home the LAL trophy. And um, I might see if I can find like a piece of like I'll see if I can find like a rock. And I'll like write, <laughs> write I'll write the fir- for the first trophy for Bryant. We'll give that to him. I'll find like a give him rock give him a, like a rock in and a
1: rock in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write write in sharpie <laughs> for him. <laughs> just leaving a legacy I was going to
0: write LAL win that's it <laughs> I'm not going to do the whole thing uh, but yeah it should be awesome if you guys have questions or comments let us know I will put the uh, the link for the event in the show notes but it's Saturday November 17th it's before Thanksgiving it's the week before Thanksgiving correct so we shouldn't run into any issues with the holidays it should be awesome so uh, yeah definitely uh, check it out
1: yeah, we uh, we tried to find, like, the perfect date to have this, but, God, the calendar is actually Ooh, packed it, with just, like...
0: F- thank goodness we had, like, Michelle, too, because we picked days where, like, there was, like, uh, store <laughs> championships going, or state, I don't know, state things, or whatever. It was,
1: like... Oh, there was like a, we picked a day. There was like, oh yeah, there's a PTQ. Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to do it then. It's there like was regionals the regional. or something. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah. It was a bunch of stuff. So we picked a date where we think there is the least amount of conflict. Um, so just come to the event, man. It's gonna be a good time. And of course, afterwards we'll be doing a big LAL dinner uh, at a local restaurant uh, where only the select, only a select few will be invited. And by select few, we mean the entire <laughs> tournament. So it'll be a good time. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I'm in charge of inviting him. Yeah, Jerry's in charge of inviting
0: <laughs> him. So basically your your uh, your entry into the, your paid entry into the event will come with a ticket to dinner. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, top eight actually gets seats. Everyone else is standing room only.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't wait for that. Um, Man, that sounds right, great. So be- I wish I wasn't yeah. on the other <laughs> side of the country. <laughs> yeah, sadly, yeah. Um, um, but uh, uh, before we get out of here, um, Eddie, we like to do scoops and poops. So I'm going to let Jerry go first. But we like to scoop in people, you know, kind of like shout outs, and then uh, also if we have uh, some bad beats we want to talk about, those would be our poops for the week. So Jerry, who are you scooping in this week, man?
1: Uh, for scoops, I mean, scooping in Eddie, thanks for coming on and talking about some sweet humans action with us. Alright,
0: Jerry, with the immediate cop-out, I don't like that move, but alright. <laughs> I like the Scooping in the guest, scooping in our guest yes. is like such a weak move, but sure, go ahead.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't like this whole Alex
0: Jones thing, Pat. It's it's not cool. I think I want to be the Alex Jones of Magic just But you're just. not like No I'm, and the best not, part is that I'm not. Like this, I, Yeah,
1: but people don't know that. No, like don't. people just see you and they're just gonna think you're the Alex Jones of Magic <laughs> <laughs> Like not a- <laughs> Oh man, alright. <laughs> I'm sc- <laughs> uh Yeah, so those are my scoops. Uh yep, that's pretty much it. Any poops? uh man i'm gonna poop uh no i got nothing man right, it's a good. week week how about you eddie week, who, week. who do you
0: want to scoop in a top eight this week
3: uh i want to scoop in the the humans chat the legacy humans chat those guys for um talking the deck with me for so long and
0: is, is this a facebook chat or a discord chat or
3: uh yes both both of those okay um <laughs>
0: i thought you were messing with me at first
3: yeah, no, uh, it's it's both of those, um, so anybody who wants to join can, and uh, also Max Gilmore for letting me badger him with bad ideas for months and months and months. Awesome.
1: Nice. Yeah. We just had Max on uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. Did we? Yeah.
3: I'm <laughs> just kidding. Pat,
1: I am kidding. <laughs> Your memory is concerning. <laughs> my memory is,
0: yeah, my memory is hot garbage. Uh, how about any poops, Eddie? You got any poops uh, this week?
3: Uh, poops on being sick. 'Cause it's yeah.
0: yeah. Take some uh turmeric, it'll help you out. Yeah, I'll, I'll I, think, do that. I think I've heard that before. Or ginger, maybe ginger, garlic.
1: Uh, whiskey. I hear whiskey goes great. Ooh, I'll do that. Ooh, I do like I do like some whiskey.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to scoop in Stephen Long. Stephen Long is our newest uh, patron member on our Patreon and uh, our Patreon family. If you guys want to join the Patreon family, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. I just and uh, the Patreon family is going to bring me into my poop for the week. And my poop is. Uh, the United States Postal Service. I went to my local post office today. I had four <laughs> envelopes of of stuff that I was going to mail Saturday, but I knew that the I knew the international stuff would take me a long time. I didn't have time to do it before work on Saturday. So I got out of my out of work today, went right to the post office and I spent about about 45 to 50 minutes mailing out four international envelopes. And international. Uh, let me tell you what the problem is. Shipping, shipping stuff internationally is that they want <laughs> you got to fill out a customs form, right? Which is already a pain in the ass because I wrote the I wrote the address on the package. Now they want the address in the customs form, and then she also has to write the address in the computer for the tag that gets stuck to the package. I don't know why they need those things like written down three times, but it's done. Uh, but I also have to like put a value for the things that are in the thing. So how do I put a value on a signed charging badger? It's it's priceless. I can't put a price on that.
1: What you got to do is do nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents to flag that uh, structured payment clause that'll just like get everything searched. And, and
0: you know what the best part is, is? I'm pretty sure that in some countries, the people who are receiving the items have to pay taxes on what's coming in. So I, I have to put like I have to put a number that doesn't seem suspiciously low, but also won't like tax our patrons who are like so awesome and patient to begin with um but anyway
1: why did you mark this charging badger as three grand
0: (laughs) it's not even a foil um yeah so uh so it's signed yeah so thank you uh thank you to everyone i know um like so i did like a test run of uh of two of the playmats that went out last week and he got them within like four days which was crazy because it was going to like Norway I think Um, but I sent out a bunch of stuff today Um, uh, everything else went out Saturday so I think I have like three or four more domestic things to send out this week which will go out tomorrow Uh, people that got back to me late on the Patreon page but I've had a ton of fun sending out the rewards we have some really cool new things that if you're a patron you'll be able to see on the Patreon page uh, some new tokens we're, we're working on that are coming out really really cool so I'm excited for those but uh, keep, keep in touch with that, you know, and uh, like I said, if you want to support the show, you can v- find us on Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. You can find me at PatUgalo on Twitter. Find Jerry at JME3RD. Um, how about you, Eddie? Do you have a Twitter? Do you, have a, do
3: you, do you tweet it all? Uh, I, I just created a Twitter like two days ago. <laughs>
1: Sick. Be <laughs> <laughs> one of Reddy's first followers. Say you were there at the beginning. Yeah, you,
3: you were here when <laughs> it all started, Pat. <laughs> Uh, Are you Eddie Zamora? Uh, no, I'm at uh, Yo. That's
0: a TV host in Miami, Cuban, living in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's me. You should be that Eddie Zamora because it sounds like he's living a cool ass life.
3: How do you know it's not me? It's...
0: I mean, well, it could be. He's, he's pretty buff, though. Like, I mean, is that you? Although he has like a pretty defined widow's peak, I don't really dig that. So,
3: <laughs> definitely not me.
0: Are you Eddie Zamora underscore?
3: Uh, no.
0: God damn
1: it <laughs> Our listeners should follow these eddies too yeah, though, just just in case.
3: <laughs> I can tell you mine Because it's n- n- not even close to those
0: Alright yeah you give, give, What's yours
3: uh, At yo soy <laughs> underscore easy
0: <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense
1: uh, was, What was that like 90's song It's like uh, It was a kid rock It was like you know the song I'm thinking about It was in Spanish just, you know my name is stupid. No, no, no one knows what I'm talking about.
3: Wait, Y O Y-O- S O
0: Y E Z. Nope,
1: no one's listening. Our listeners know what I'm talking about. Our listeners know what I'm talking. Someone message me with the song I'm thinking of right now. I would really appreciate it.
3: Y O S O Y underscore easy.
0: Oh, underscore easy. Oh, I missed that part. Well, you can find them there. Uh, you can find the <laughs> show. You can find the show on Hipsters. Find us on Top Deck App. Uh, you can find us uh, on Facebook. Uh, email dickpicsdeckpicsleavinglegacy at hipstersthecoast dot uh, I think that's it. Bye, guys. Jerry has smoked himself into a coma.
2: (laughs) Don't do drugs.